everyone. Welcome to Community Roots, a place where we gather in community to talk about mental health so we can travel the journey of life together. I'm Samuel Richards. I'm Julie Richards. And of course, it is my great honor to uh, introduce an old family friend, definitely uh, one who has been a key part to the Richards growth, but uh, I'm going to put this one in parentheses, Dr. Stuart Palmer. Welcome to the show, Stuart. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's good to see you both. I was actually, uh, uh, Mom, you had stepped away, but I was recalling with Stuart, I think I went to his house like a decade or more ago. I was trying to remember when that was. I would say definitely more. Definitely more. Stuart guessed 15 years. Yeah, Yeah, I I said probably 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I remember being upstairs in your house playing with Batman minifigures and who knew (laughs) that this is where (laughs) where we end up. Yeah. 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 You're like, that's that guy's going to be interviewing me for mental health. I don't know. (laughs) No, welcome to the show. Um, uh, It's such an honor. uh, uh, And. So I know today you are um, an expert in some fields um, that I I know we are trying to do some more learning, some growth. So tell me a little bit about what you do and, you know, um, how you feel like that impacts people. Yeah, I'm I'm a psychologist, clinical psychologist, and I am in a private practice and uh, spend a lot of my professional life trying to support people who are trying to grow and heal and make sense of themselves. And at times, I have the privilege of them helping me grow and learn too, because sometimes they challenge me and help me grow and learn. So sometimes it's like we're walking together trying to figure out life. Uh, so I have that privilege of working with people, and they, and they uh, challenge me. So yeah, I, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful time. I've been doing it for, well, I, I don't know how many years. It's been a long time. I've been doing it a long time. Yeah, you'll need to take your socks off to start counting on your toes too. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's, not, it's more than ten, and it's more than twenty. Wow. Uh, so it's more than. I'm going to need some extra hands and toes uh, <laughs> to count, extra fingers and toes. So, yeah. Well, one of the things that I have loved learning about and would love to hear from you, Stuart, is <clears throat> the concept of psychodynamic therapy, which I think, you know, being in grad school more recently, um, the mental health field really trains master's level clinicians towards cognitive behavior therapy. People are very familiar with focus on maybe thinking errors and changing your thinking. It'll help you feel better, this sort of thing. And it's, I think, limited. <laughs> that's that's my bias. Um, has great merit for those that it is helpful for. But there's just more going on that's deeper and on an unconscious level. And so I wonder if you could put some language to what is psychodynamic therapy and how does having an understanding of unconscious layers within us help inform how we move around in the world, how we learn about ourselves, how we heal and grow? Yeah, thanks. 
Well, that's a that's a a, a, a wonderful question, and it's a, a kind of a broad topic. So, let me let me describe it this way. Uh, and and I acknowledge that there are so many different expressions of psychodynamic therapy. It used to be often referred to as psychoanalytic therapy. Now it's referred to more in general terms as psychodynamic. And what really distinguishes a broad understanding of psychodynamic therapy is it tends to think developmentally about people the way they grow up. Hmm. It tends to think about relational connections like the way we attach and the way we're formed uh, as children and the way we uh, continue to grow and develop even in adolescence and adulthood. Um, it pays close attention to our relational experiences uh, from birth all the way through life. It pays close attention to how, as a mental health professional, how I experience the relationship and how they experience the relationship with me. Um, but it also pays close attention to things that often we're not aware of. Uh, psychodynamic pays really close attention to what you described as unconscious processes. Um, uh, and many times, uh, many people are kind of like, what is that? You know, what is that about? Um, because we tend to think that uh, what we're conscious of is what's motivating us and what really deeply affects us. And what research now has been confirming, but we've kind of known psychodynamically for decades and decades, over a hundred years is, is that often what motivates us and shapes our decisions and shapes our own experiences is uh, this, these unconscious processes that um, are kind of surprisingly influential. For a long time, the unconscious was looked at as kind of a, a repository of really uh, angry, um, nasty, sexual, aggressive drives and motivations. In the last 20, 30 years, 40 years, we now kind of understand it as this active, cohesive inner system that appraises our, emotion, our experiences and has an interpretive way of making sense of them. But it all happens below consciousness. So it's this creative uh, dynamic that leans in and influences all of our decision-making. It's not some uh, repository box somewhere. It's kind of humming in the background all the time. It's influencing every decision, every experience we have, and it's influencing it, but it's doing it emotionally. It's not doing it cognitively. It's mm -hmm. doing it more emotionally, and it's um, very relational, profoundly relational. And it's watching and tracking emotions and, and affective emotional states and then assessing them and trying to give us a sense of things. And it's meant, I think the unconscious has been this, this world of providing us this core sense of safety and this core sense of understanding what motivates us and helps us mm. be who we are. So psychodynamic therapy is inviting that to be known, welcoming that to be known and understood, and uh, paying attention to when it's signaled, 
For example, it's signaled not by cognition primarily, but by cognition that's closely associated with emotion, affective, emotional, and relational dynamics. So, okay, I've said a whole lot really quickly. No, that's that's awesome. You know, I want to break that down a little bit just okay, because, sure. you know, I've already got this three-quarters page of notes here. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, no, no, I think it's good. I, I, so I, hope, I, I, hope I, I, haven't, I hope, hope that hasn't been so way off in left field that it doesn't make no i think if anything it's interesting i think it actually builds upon maybe what we've been talking about on the show for a while and i just kind of wanted to connect those concepts and make sure that i was following okay okay so when we talk about psychodynamic it sounds like whenever you know it's developmental that's probably talking about our you know um uh, inner child, uh, uh, like our, you know, what's the adapted adolescent and wounded child, ap- wounded adapted child. adolescent. Is that is that correct that those yeah, yeah. things are built yeah. into the developmental yeah, and, side? And, yeah, and that's one of the things. And y'all, you're making reference to the PM Melody model, okay? And that's been a part of. I know y'all talked about that before. Yeah, and basically, uh, psychodynamic is acknowledging that there are different states of growing up and that we, we, we grow up through different states. Uh, and so we do have a, 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 a child dimension, an adolescent dimension. Psychodynamic doesn't often talk about it in terms of d- distinct parts. Hmm. What it usually talks about it in terms of that there are at certain places growing up where you develop these child inferences about what you're experiencing and you Mm -hmm. begin to lay down ways of interpreting, for example, like rules, or you lay down convictions emotionally, but you're not conscious of them. Kind of like templates, yeah, frameworks. Schemata or templates, Mm -hmm. but they're not often conscious. Mm -hmm. So instead of talking about it as uh, a wounded child or a reactive or adaptive adolescent, or a functional adult, psychodynamic mm-hmm. tends to look at, oh, those are aspects that shaped us, that are still influencing us profoundly. Uh, but often we don't talk about it in quite those terms. But I that understand those terms. Yeah, it's it's almost like what I'm hearing you say is that that wounded child adapted at adolescent is more of a psychologist's lens to be able to say, here is what's happening or here's what's underdeveloped. Where psychodynamic might just say, in human development, we tend to make assumptions as children that are just built upon as adults and then just become key foundational things. Is that what you're saying? That's how they differ? Yeah, I think that's that's a fair, that's a fair way of describing it. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, psychodynamic, I'm talking broadly, is very, very, because it thinks developmentally, realizes that the most in the most formative aspects are in those early years, the, the, the from birth, even even uh, in the womb, birth right on up till about fifth or sixth year of life, kind of lay down these fundamental convictions, emotional wow, ways of understanding. Wow, so much younger than I would have thought. Yeah, very early, wow. very early. And uh, because what, what happens is, is that the child is highly attuned to the way mom and dad or caregivers relate to them. 
and it's and we're a very emotional as children our cognitive world is behind our emotional world and our emotional world is moving very quickly uh, and online almost from the, the moment we're uh, we're birthed hmm. and our cognitive world is behind in terms of developing uh, so that makes yeah, sense it does and mom I'm not meaning to grab on I just want to get the foundational stuff figured out the other question I had was the relational point. Is the mm -hmm. relational point more of how psychologists or therapists might interact with um, patients in a way that's like, hey, I want to be able to talk relationally with you? Or is it more closer to what we talk about with like our amygdala, being able to talk relationally with like our inside self, that kind of... Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Am, yeah. Am I putting that yeah. Perspective? yeah. What happens in terms of treatment or in terms of working with patients, what, what ends up happening is, is that because one of the convictions of, of psychodynamic therapy is, is that we are profoundly relational by nature. Hmm. And if we're profoundly relational by nature, we are profoundly emotionally relational. We're not just cognitive relational, we're emotionally relational. So we pay close attention to emotional dynamics. So when we're working together in a clinical setting, uh, I'm tracking about someone's emotional experience. I'm tracking that. But I'm also asking what could be the convictions behind that emotional experience that leads them to experience it that way. But it's often not conscious. It's often not conscious. So I don't know if I'm answering your question. Am I answering your question? I think so. I do think so. So basically what you're saying, <clears throat> when we talk about the relationally, it sounds like there's the conscious, and then you're saying the con unconscious is almost emotional. Or is there another layer under the emotional? No, it's. I mean, the unconscious is is basically this uh, emotional world. Okay. Uh, you can have a conscious emotion. Sure. A conscious emotion. But you can have this emotion understanding, and there's these schemata, these working models that you're trying to track. Now, you raise the question, well, are you doing things, can people do things in terms of self-reflection and self-awareness and become aware of deeper dimensions of themselves? Yeah, we in psychodynamic therapy, we're trying to help a person become more self-aware. And in that process, relationally, to facilitate them becoming more knowledgeable and aware of their own inner states. And become, and it kind of, as it emerges, but it often happens in the relationship, in therapy. But they can, you can become very knowledgeable about your inner world while you're learning in the relational context. Yeah, that that is interesting. I think that's an interesting concept too, like this, you know, always present unconscious rather than a dump. That kind of reminds me of what Freud. Just yeah. kind well, of. Well, it like is. A, I mean, those are old. That, that's those are old Freudian perspectives, that now because of the advances in neuroscience, we now understand the unconscious in a very different way. You know, it's all been kind of reformulated. Freud was right. Unconscious is substantial in our motivations and what influences our behaviors 
but it's not unavailable like it was often understood. It used to be understood mm-hmm. as repressed and unavailable. Now we understand it as being very relational. Our unconscious is extremely relational. Hmm. Can I interject a little bit? I think going back to the developmental concept, part of the lens that we look at with that is definitely where did this all begin? And it started young, but also that we look across the lifespan as how we can continue to grow up and can Mm -hmm. continue to meet needs that weren't met maybe before in childhood or repairs that need to still happen because of ruptures that have happened in relationships before. How do we developmentally go in and uh, heal and repair? And so we see it in this sense of we're continually able to develop and grow we're not just stuck in this is where we are this is like Mm -hmm. a character 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 characterological that's a tricky word to get the yeah 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 pronunciation out but we're not just a certain way uh because of who we are but we're actually developmental beings that can continue to evolve and and and, and grow and and change Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so yeah, that's that's a really important point. Is is psychodynamic therapy tends to have this view that human beings are meant to flourish and grow, that that's kind of built into the very fabric of the way every our, our nuclear programming at the very basic level is for us to flourish and grow. What psychodynamic therapy is trying to do is remove the things in terms of working with someone so that the things that are impediments are derailed growing can now be resolved so they can get back online and start mm-hmm. growing again. Mm-hmm. So that kind of fits what you were talking about, Julie. Yeah, this is not like, okay, well, what happened between one and five or zero and five? <laughs> you're now, done. Now, now you're done. Now you're done. And you'll just have to limp along and do the best you can. Yeah. No, and Julie's right. I mean, it's meant to be, uh, but it's meant to get a sense of, that we're meant to grow we're meant to develop as persons and psychodynamic tries to get to the heart of what may have derailed some of that Mm -hmm. and then speaking of the relational aspect of what's happening in the room this is where we kind of tie in a little bit of bonnie badnock's um, lens of what's emerging between in this mm-hmm. moment, right brain. I'd be curious, Stuart, for you to put language to right brain to right brain. Oh, yeah. And yeah, Ellen Shore. Because we've talked about that. Because we've talked oh, yeah, about that. Right. So it'd be nice to hear your right. phrases. Yeah, and, or and, you know, and that. that's, uh, you know, that's kind of something that uh, y'all, if y'all have been talking about it, it's something that uh, uh, a researcher who's also a psychoanalytic, psychodynamic therapist, Alan Shore, talks about. Um, And what we're talking about is that this unconscious kind of affective kind of exchange emotionally that happens in this relationship, the right brain to right brain brain kind of resonant kind of attuned dynamic is what Alan Shore has been pointing out, but that has been profoundly insightful that human beings really do have this capacity and often it's 
somewhat conscious, a lot of times unconscious, this ability to be very attuned and kind of be in sync emotionally with each other. And that provides a real a profound way of growing and healing because it provides that attachment that we need, that experience of being with each other, that experience of being mm -hmm. together. And psychodynamic therapy really emphasizes that type of understanding of being with each other and facilitating what sometimes I've heard described as together we are making sense of what you're experiencing. We're trying to mm. do that together. And Alan Shore and the right brain to right brain, right hemisphere to right hemisphere, which is both conscious and unconscious, is kind of being in sync. And it's very emotive. It's very relational. It's not just cognitive to cognitive, sharing ideas, sharing things. And it's profound in the way it can provide a sense of understanding and a sense of knowing yourself mm -hmm. and knowing another. It's kind so of I, what's did emerging. I, did, I, did I answer it? Did I, yeah. did I, did I say what's, it right? What's emerging in the space between you know, paying attention to emotion, mm -hmm. affect, what's yeah. coming up, and then mm -hmm. being able to explore from that vantage point mm -hmm. together. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? What, what does that mean? What, what's happening with us? You know, you know, it's not just what's happening with you or what's happening with me. In this way of understanding, this right brain to right brain, right hemisphere to right hemisphere, resonance is what's emerging between us and with us and then we explore what does that what does what is happening here and how are you interpreting it and how am i experiencing it with you as your therapist and um it used to be a long time ago the focus used to be on what's happening with the patient and the therapist is supposed to just kind of be neutral and uninvolved. Mm -hmm. Now we understand that you can't be uninvolved. <laughs> There's no such thing as uninvolvement. You're participating with your patients. So now we understand, why don't we join and be together in exploring this? And mm -hmm. what happens when things uh, emerge? And we try to create a safe environment so that things that are unconscious have the freedom and the invitation to kind of bubble up, mm -hmm. come up. Mm -hmm. I did want to connect this a little bit to what's going on in the business world, at least with just because it's interesting how it seems like this concept has grown a little bit beyond therapy, even with like an, uh, things that are more popular now are servant-based leadership or somebody meeting somebody where they are and trying to figure right. out what the roadblocks are together, um, which I think that's positive. It's interesting how, you know, mental health and stuff still hasn't, even though it doesn't have the full impact that maybe we would like to see in a business environment, it's still interesting how it's still affecting it, especially how we deal with problems now, mm -hmm. you know, being right. a united force that we're working together rather than, you know, well, you should just do it. Almost like that kind of neutral therapist, maybe, who's just like yeah. less feeling and more just kind of there. Yeah, isn't, isn't, 
you know, and, and Samuel, this is more the world that you're very familiar with. So I have to cl claim a lot of ignorance about some of this. But Finally, in an area that I have some expertise <laughs> in. Yeah, well, what is it? But, episode 101? <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but I mean, and so you're raising a valid concern that I've heard, I've heard and read about that there's this growing realization that that human beings are not just automatons yeah. that just do and produce and are, are functional units. That the relation and emotional and empathic, empathic kind of connectedness with other human beings really is a critical component for human beings to be very meaningfully engaged and productive. Um, it's not just produce but it's it's this relational dynamic and there's a growing realization about this word empathy that is and that's what happens mm -hmm. when the right mm -hmm. brain to right brain resonances there's an empathic kind of joining and participating and in the work world many many people and i have the privilege of working with many men and women in the business world who say to me it can be very very cold and very mm -hmm. uncaring and it can just function on what are you producing what's the numbers you're producing absolutely i think that's the core of it really hopefully there's more of a trend to the more relational side right yeah more humane and sensitive because we're more than just production units we're substantially more than that and yeah i you know and i think that's part of the evolution of us being much more personally engaged, that doesn't mean we can't be fruitful in our work. It doesn't mean we can't be uh, productive. We can, but if we lose that human quality and that empathy quality, we really compromise uh, people experiencing meaningful work alive in their work. Mm -hmm. And then returning, oh. Nope, go for it. I was just thinking and returning to that idea about if a therapist is supposed to enter the room almost as a blank slate or this doesn't impact me at all, I think that can be experienced on the other side, on the recipient side of like abandonment, of like I'm alone in mm -hmm. this. <laughs> if you're yep. going to stay distant yep. and cold and yep. keep your walls up, mm -hmm. then how am I supposed to engage with my inner world or do this work by myself essentially because mm -hmm. i'm not being joined in it so i think there's yeah. a sense of need for that human experience and being seen and understood and someone leaning in or turning towards of being Absolutely. with that is mm -hmm. really needed whether it's in therapy or if it's in the business world of having a boss that's, or a manager, or Samuel, you're in leadership roles all the time. It's like, how do you interact with the people who you are leading? Right, right. I mean, that's a really good point, that how would a person who feels like their therapist is kind of holding them at a distance and basically treating them in kind of a disengaged, uh, uh, neutral person, and you're right, Julie. I mean, that's one of the things that I think has been evolving in the last, you know, multiple decades is how do you become a real live human being and paying attention to the unconscious? Mm -hmm. 
for a long time the unconscious was paid attention to as you don't want to influence it so you want to stay neutral mm-hmm. and now it's understood that we kind of mix together <laughs> we don't we don't we we're we're participating hopefully your therapist hopefully me as a clinician hopefully you julie as a clinician or at least doing our own work enough in our own program that we may not be um uh resolved in everything but at least we're owning that we're on the to, on the path with other people we're we're working with his patients you know we're not ahead of them uh, but we're at least striving to at least join them and trying to own our own side that we contribute mm-hmm. well this has been eye opening <clears throat> i really appreciate you both uh, both bringing it up and Stuart for being here. Um, oh, thank you for inv- the invitation. Yeah, um, there's a lot to unpack there, so maybe <laughs> we have a book and we can unpack that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I, I thought that was great. I, You know, there's so many conclusions from this, even, mm-hmm. that we can keep talking about, I'm sure, endlessly. But I'd be curious even to take this time to bring it up to the listener as well. And say, hey, you know, is this conversation something um, that, you know, you would like to participate in or you have any thoughts around psychodynamic? Uh, maybe enjoy the a little bit of learning lesson in there. But I am actually going to uh, say out my shout outs and stuff like that. Stuart, you might be familiar, but we do end on gratitude, uh, gratitudes or affirmations. I mm-hmm. almost made it one word. Uh, gratitude. Affirmation. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, so I'm going to say those uh, shout outs. And then uh, if you've got an affirmation or something, uh, feel free to hop in. But before we do, uh, I did want to shout out uh, Alexander Wells for our logo, Steve Dodge uh, for our theme song. Um, always uh, a pleasure being with uh, Julie slash my mom uh, on the show. Uh, so thanks for being there. And then um, I did want to say, please reach out, communityroots.pod at gmail.com. You know, it's installed on my phone, so it comes just as a notification. Uh, I'm sure Mom uh, and Sarah are the same way. So as we talk about that relational side, you know, of things, please reach out. Let's start that conversation. Um, But here we go. Okay, gratitude, affirmation. Stuart, you got anything for us? Yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for the invitation to be here. I've known uh, Julie for uh, more than a few years. We've known each other quite a while. And want to thank you and uh, acknowledge your own uh, comp- contribution in my life. I've known you a long time. I've known your family a long time. So thank you. Thank you for being in my life. Thank you for allowing me to participate in your life. So that's been, that's been, is that a shout out? I guess that's a shout out. Is that an <laughs> I, affirmation? I think that counts. Is that an affirmation? Yeah. I guess that is. That's a mix of an affirmation. Maybe a little bit of warm fuzzy sprinkled warm in there. Warm fuzzy, okay. I dig that. But that counts, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think okay. you're getting the hang of it quick. How about you, mom? You got an affirmation or gratitude? I, I feel profoundly grateful for the journey and the path and I guess some of the things that we've talked about today have really shaped me and have um, probably profoundly saved me. And being Mm. able to understand about um, needing a safe attachment and 
um, safe haven and being able to launch from that, that that does help us to heal and grow. And so I appreciate safe spaces. Mm. Um, I appreciate the sense of community and shared life experience um, that we're not alone on this planet. Thank goodness, because there's a whole lot going on that we need each other. Um, so I'm kind of sitting with that those warm fuzzies, Samuel, <laughs> and yeah. so excited too. I mean, even just thinking, Samuel, of you and, you know, passing on to the next generation of what is growth, what is healing, what is developing and who your sense of self is as Samuel and how you show up in the world and what a joy it is to be a part of that as well. Yeah, ideally, if I'm given these much tools, my kids will just be perfect, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I know that's not the point. Um, Great. Yeah, you know, I think it is cool to be here. What I I mean, what's come up for me mostly is, Stuart, you have been uh, in our lives a while and certain touch points, you know, at significant points of growth or, you know, even trauma in our our past. So it's nice to be able to sit down with you and uh, connect um again so uh it's good to see you uh just in general and you know i it's something i mentioned earlier the podcast started off with a couple of phone calls between me and mom so it's crazy we've made the triple digits at this point yeah so um, well, and congratulations on cr and off the beaten path and unpack unpack that y'all have, y'all are contributing to others and congratulations y'all have made uh, crossed a milestone yeah, I would have expected like a fruit basket or something to show up by now, but I'm <laughs> yeah, still waiting. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I'm good. But sweet. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. Thanks so much, Stuart, for being on the show. Yeah, thank you um, for having me. Absolutely. Uh, catch us next week for uh, Deep Breath. If you haven't heard our 100th episode, please go back and uh, listen to that as well. But otherwise, I will leave you guys with that. Have a good week. <laughs>